بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد کریم الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا فورٹینتھ آف جولائی ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ and blessed life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu. And I'm mentioning his blessed name during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu. So the next section entitled, His Appointment as the Chief Qadi of Kufa. So Qadi means judge. The Chief Qadi is the ultimate authority. During Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu's incredible reign, which lasted just shy of 11 years, the glorious religion of truth had now spread far and wide. Those strong and capable people were now required to help him in his task of governing the vast lands and education of the masses. Hence, with much reluctance, The Amir al-Mu'mineen ordered Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu to go and instruct the people of Kufa and to judge over them. Indeed, when Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu sent Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu to the people of Kufa, he wrote to them, I have given you Abdullah in preference to myself. I thus realize his worth. Subhanallah. This is recorded by Hafiz ibn al-Atir rahmatullahi in his Asad al-Ghaba 3-258-259. So look at the great reliance and love he had with Ibn Mas'ud. He goes, I have given you Abdullah, I have chose you over myself, meaning I need him more than you, but I've sacrificed him, I for you. Adding details, Al-Haytami in Majma al-Zawaid 9-291 stated Sahih to the criteria of the two sheikhs except Haritha who is trustworthy. Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu he once wrote the following letter to the people of Kufa. Ya Ahl al-Kufa you are to the Arabs what a head or skull is to the body. Thus I have now sent you Abdullah radiyallahu I have chosen you, I to be honored with his presence amongst you. In sending him, I have shown preference to you even over my own self. I, for I would have loved for him to be here by my side. So here in this authentic hadith, flawless report, he's telling the people of Kufa, because obviously they, don't mind, they might not know anything about him, but they knew who Umar was, for the Allah. And first he praised them, which is interesting. He goes, you are to the Arabs what a head or skull is to the body, meaning you are pivotal. And this is the brilliance of Umar. How did he know, how did he know that in the future this would be the capital of the Islamic State? He goes, I have sent you Abdullah. So note this sunnah of calling him Abdullah, there's so many Abdullahs, was set by Umar. Umar was highlighting he is the senior. So he just mentioned his first name. He goes, I have chosen him to be amongst you. I have honored you. He goes, I have shown preference over you to myself. I, I need him name, uh, by my side. 
in another report, all the names are mentioned. Harith ibn Mudarrib rahmatullah he said, Sayyidina Umar wrote the following letter to the people of Kufa. I have sent Ammar ibn Yasr as your Emir and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud as your teacher and minister. They are both amongst the chosen companions of Rasulullah and they are the warriors of Badr. Those learn from them and follow the example. By sending Abdullah to you, I have sacrificed my own need for him. <laughs> so this is recorded in Hakim and his Mustadrak 3-388, Tabarani, Behaki, volume 9, page 136, Sa'id ibn Mansur, Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, volume 6, page 7, Kanzul Omal, volume 2, page 314, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 9, page 291, comments upon the chain of narrators, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 709 of the New English Translation. So this gives a timeline. He mentioned the Amir is Ammar ibn Yasir. So how does that show the timeline? Because who was the first governor of Kufa? Any of you? Who was the conqueror of Persia? Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, one of the ten. Ammar ibn Yasir was the second. So this is the timeline. So this indicates it was a few years into the Khilafat. <laughs> because I am sending Ammar ibn Yasir as your Amir and Ibn Mas'ud as your teacher and minister, meaning he's in a help. Because they are both warriors of Badr chosen. I have sacrificed my own need by sending Abdullah to you, meaning I need him by my side, but I've sent him to you. <laughs> it is further related. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was appointed Kufa's chief justice. He was the chief Qadi. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak, number 5663, or volume 3, page 438. Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al Musannaf, number 32237, or volume 6, page 384. Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, volume 6, page 7 to 8. So he wasn't just sent as a teacher. The previous report, my indicate, is only sent to educate. This report, Sahih, says he was the ultimate authority in judgment. He was the chief Qadi, i.e., of Iraq. So now, why is this very significant? Those subhanallah, the seeds of the blessed Hanafi fiqh was set by no other than Amir al-Mumin. If you know your history, somebody says, what actually happened here? Umar radiallahu was planting with seed, of which fiqh? The Hanafis. So when people say, why did Imam Abu Hanifa come from Iraq? He wasn't from the center, this, that, and the other. Then you say, mashallah, well done. He, was, he didn't need to go anywhere. He was where Ibn Masood was. If they ask you about Ibn Masood, then Khudaf is. Right? So Umar was the one who planted the seeds of the Hanifi fiqh. So in another report, it mentions, Al-Qama, rahmatullah, he said, Aman, his name was Kays Ibn Marwan. He once came to the Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar, and he said, Radiyallahu, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Radiyallahu, I have come from Kufa, and I have left behind me a man who fills scrolls, i.e. with the Qur'an from memory. He is freely giving commentary of the Qur'an. Umar became furious, Radiyallahu, so angry he was barely able to contain himself, and he roared, 
Woe to you. Who is this man? Who has the audacity? The man said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. <laughs> Subhanallah, no sooner did Sayyidina Umar hear that blessed name, his anger left him. He then said to the man, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of all the Muslims, i.e. the companions of Rasulullah that are still alive, I know of no one who is worthy of doing that than he. Subhanallah. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 175, Sahih. Hakim in his Musnad, 2-227, Sahih. Zahabi, Sahih. Abu Na'im al-Hiliyah, number 235. Let's look at this. So the people of Kufa, they're a strange bunch of people. They like to bring complaints. So Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, he was dismissed. So imagine, what have you got on Sa'ad? He's one of the ten promised paradise. Not as if he's a, you know, he's a nobody. One of the ten you know, guaranteed paradise for those. They found something on him. So Umar radiallahu took him away. He didn't want to tarnish his name. He said, Ammar ibn Yasir. So now, look what's happening. This person's from all the way. Look at the energy they've got. All the way back to Medina. And he goes, there's a man. He's just giving commentary of Quran. He goes, he's just quoting a verse, giving meaning, quoting a verse, giving a meaning. So what was Umar's first response? He was furious. Because this is a great crime. The Prophet said, he who gives his opinion of the Quran, even if he's correct, has committed kufr. <laughs> you have to go through a authority. So he goes, who is this man? And when the man said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, complete change to go over. And he said something amazing. He goes, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of all the Muslims, meaning the companions that are still alive, I don't know anyone who is more worthy to do it than him. <laughs> So he's testifying he had the greatest knowledge of the Quran. He goes, he is the one. He goes, if anybody can do it, it's him. He goes, don't worry. He goes, he's allowed to do this. And this is a sahih hadith in Imam Ahmad's Muslim. Flipping the coin. Conversely, Zayd ibn Wahab, rahmatullah, he said, once I went to Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud to recite a verse of the Quran before him, he taught me in a certain way I responded, Umar taught me differently and I recited it that way. Mm-hmm. Having heard this, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he began to weep so much, his tears went through the grit. Mm-hmm. So somebody report. So what's happened? So a man is wanting to, you know, perfect his recital. So he comes to Ibn Mas'ud and he recited a verse. So... <laughs> Ibn Mas'ud recited the verse and the man said, Umar didn't recite it like that. <laughs> so what did he mean by that? This is the recitals. There's different qirads of the Quran. Because Umar told me, the, in other words, another recital. So Ibn Mas'ud could have just simply said this. Fine. That's another recital. Don't worry. He wept. And he wept so much, his tears was flowing to the ground. Then he said, Recite it in the way Umar taught you. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the recital of Umar is even clearer than the path to Al Sayyilahim. So now, if you don't know Arabic, what does that mean? This is an aphorism in the Arabic, usually said when something is strikingly distinct. So something is, we say, crystal clear. So, 
Ibn Masood said, Umar's recital is even more clear than crystal clear. He goes, recited like him. Then he said, Verily Umar radiallahu was such a strong fort for Islam. When Islam would once enter it, it could never come out. However, when Umar radiallahu was martyred, there appeared a crack in that stronghold. And now instead of entering it, Islam is coming out of it. So this is in Ibn Sa'ad and Istabaqat, volume 3, page 371, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 589-90 of the New English Translation. So what's interesting, this is Uthman's Khalifat. I wanted to mention it here because there's a reason. So he's remembering Umar and he wept. Why was he weeping? Because he wept for Islam. You know, this is how sincere the companions were. You know, they would weep for the deen. What do we weep for? Our own petty lives. You know, whenever we wept for Islam, imagine. When, when's the last time you wept for your brothers in Palestine? You must be kidding me, right? When you make dua for them. So look at Ibn Masood. He's weeping, remembering Umar. Why? Because he goes, he was such a strong fortress. He goes, as long as he was with us, Islam was firm. He goes, now there's a crack, meaning people are slipping out. Fitna is emerging. So he's weeping. So now look how touching. Previous report, Umar was told, somebody is explaining the Quran. When he was told it's Ibn Mas'ud, he goes, no problem. Conversely, Ibn Mas'ud praising Umar. He's recited like Umar. In other words, his recital is more crystal clear than crystal clear. Then he mentioned his greatness. So note the love and affection they had for each other. In another report it mentions, this is in Abu Dawood, Riyadh al-Salihin, number 1572, Hassan Sahih. A man was once brought before Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu. His beard was giving the smell of wine. Sayyidina ibn Mas'ud radiallahu upon seeing him said, Inna qad nuhina anitta jassus. Verily, we have been prohibited from spying and finding faults. We can take to task only and only if the sin is open. So let's look at it. So this is a Sahih Hadith in Abu Dawood. So what's happened? A person's brought to Ibn Mas'ud. Was there any proof that he had drank? No. The only proof they had was his beard was smelling of wine. Is that a proof? So they brought him. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, what did he say? He's educating the masses. Verily, we have been prohibited from spying and finding false. Because you're finding false. This is not proof. We can take to task only and only if the sin is open. So go back to the reports which I mentioned the previous nights. If it's behind closed doors, you got to leave him. That's between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to have proof. Not, you know, what do you call it? You know, unclear proof. He has to be clear. Thus, no punishment can be enforced on mere suspicion, but solid proof or a confession is needed. Indeed, Abu Huraira radiallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Iyakum wa dhan, fa inna dhanna, Beware of suspicion. For indeed, suspicion is the worst of false tales. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, 
Sayyid Muslim, Riyadh Salihin, number 1573. So the Prophet, what he said, Iyakum. He used that word more famously for innovations. The word of innovation, everybody calls that hadith, right? Nobody calls this one. Iyakum mazan. He goes, Beware of suspicion. Verily, suspicion is the worst of false tales. Now think about that. You've got no proof and you're spreading things. He goes, this is the worst of false tales. In fact, there's a report. And the report says that if you keep speaking ill, you become greater in sin than the one who committed the sin. So even if he did commit the sin, you become worse than him. One hadith mentions that. And how common is that? Yeah, this woman did this, and I knew that he was like that. How do you know? The one who is suspicious of another will inevitably do what? They will inevitably lie about them. Isn't that true? You don't start speaking good of a person you're suspicious of. You know it. As soon as you have zan, what happens? You start lying about them. In another report, this needs clarification. In Sayyid Bukhari. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was once in Hint, Syria, and he recited Surah Yusuf. A person heard this and said it was not revealed in this way. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud responded, I have heard it directly from Rasulullah. However, after the conversation, the smell of liquor came from the person's mouth. Upon which he said, Allah, you drink and then you belie the book of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Upon this, the punishment of drinking was implemented upon him. So now what's happened? Seems to be a contradiction. Was there proof? Previously, the beard, he was zan. Now the smells coming from the mouth and he applied. Uh, the punishment for somebody who's taken intoxicants. Ha, this is why you need commentary. You get to hadith, you think, well, one says yes, one says no, which one is it? So Hafiz Aini, Al-Hanafi, in his commentary of Bukhari, Umdatul Qari, volume 13, page 546, he clarified upon the so-called contradiction. And he said, if the smell of liquor comes from the mouth of a person and he confesses, he will be lashed 80 times. Subsequently, when Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud found the smell, he asked and the person confessed. This is why the punishment was given. Meaning there's another report. In Sayyid Bukhari, it doesn't mention it. All it says in Sayyid Bukhari, he smelled the liquor coming from his mouth. And then he says, you drink and you belie the book of Allah. And then he gave the command that the punishment be applied to him, the hudud. So in Bukhari, no, there's nothing mentioned. But half his aini, rahmatullah, said, he asked the man and the man confessed. And because of that, the punishment was given. So note, the great Ibn Mas'ud, he's now put into a position of authority and he's beautifully executing the divine commands as given by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his beloved messenger. So all I mentioned today was now discussing his fateful appointment as the chief qadi, the chief justice of Ufa. 
And notice Umar was very reluctant to send him, but he had to because of the sake of the glorious deen. And notice the love and affection that they both had for each other. And also I mentioned an incident with regards to uh, intoxicants and the clarification which is good. Are there any questions you want to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashtu la ilahi illa anta astaghfiruka atina alayka wa bilahi min ashidu anjim subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun assalamu ala al-mursaleen alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahi rahmanir rahim wal asr in insan lafi khusr alladhina aminu wa amilu as-salihat wal wasbi al-haq wal wasbi al-sabr sadaqallahu al-azim